This podcast is a weekly podcast that deals with folklore, mythology, a little bit of history, and any paranormal or supernatural experience that folks may have encountered throughout the world. We are Unexplainable Inc. All right, I'm Patrick. And I'm Nico. And today we're going to uh, each present two separate stories about odd uh, or mysterious places that have the ending word of triangle after them where strange things have occurred. Um, Three out of these four stories uh, concern bodies of water and then one story does not. So with that being said, Nico, you can take it away. Okay, um, I'm going to start off by talking about the Devil's Sea. And um, according to the Japanese, they call it Mano Umi, which is translated to be the Sea of the Devil. And it's, it's known to have occurring disappearing planes and ships, phenomena that are linked to the Dragon's Triangle, which is also another name for it, include ghost ships, UFOs, lapse in times, and electronic equipment malfunctions. And now, um, according to AncientOrigins.net, um, an author called Charles Berlitz believes that the Dragon's Triangle does have to relate to the disappearance of Amelia Earhart. Uh, his research was seemingly shown to be incomplete when another writer by the name Larry Kush published the Bermuda Triangle Mystery Solved in 1995, which challenged Berlitz's work while also connecting the high probability that undersea volcanic activity was the likely cause of the lost ships in the Devil's Sea. Now, uh, going back to um, different stories and the disappearances in the Devil's Sea, um, <coughs> according to um, Marine insight.com it is said that the conqueror Kublai Khan the fifth great Khan of uh, Mongol of the Mongol Empire and is also to be the grandson of Genghis Khan he failed to invade Japan after losing his vessels and 40,000 crew members abroad in this triangular area reportedly due to typhoons as Kublai Khan and his army abandoned the, the plane to invade uh, the Japan, the Japanese believed that it is the god who sent the typhoons to save them from the enemies. Later, later strengthening the truth behind the legends, the divers and marine archaeologists have found the, the remaining of the Mongol uh, fleets in the region. <coughs> but truth to be told that the Del Sea is actually an active region of the earth, and this area does experience a lot of weather and tectonic phenomena. According to Chinese legends dating back to 1000 BC, it is claimed to have a giant dragon that inhabits this part of the sea. But it's just a pure coincidence that this area of the Pacific is a dangerous sea crossing area. And on to you, Patrick. Thank you, Nico, for that very interesting story about the Devil's Sea, also known as the Devil's Triangle, but that's a large body of water. So of course, weird happenings are gonna go on there, like shipwrecks, where large storms can come in 
and destroy ships easily. Now, what I want to talk about is a more localized area, uh, not a large body of water, uh, as well, not as large as an ocean, but still large to us. Um, it, it takes place on a lake, and it's in our own backyard. So, the sighting is June 23rd, 1950. A plane that goes by the name of Northwest Flight 2501, a DC-4 prop liner, which was traveling from New York to Seattle with an approximate count of passengers that was about uh, 55 patrons and three crew members, went down over Lake Michigan. Now, what was odd about this was that the plane was at 3,300 feet and then the pilot requested to descend to 2,300 feet because of bad weather and electrical damage to his uh, aircraft. Now, they thought everything was fine at that point, but then uh, somewhere in their flight, they just vanished. And to this day, the black box cannot be found, and there are no debris of the plane that have washed ashore. Now, this happened 18 miles north-northwest off the coast of Benton Harbor, Michigan, in an area of Lake Michigan known as the Lake Michigan Triangle. As stated by TopSecretWriters.com, it was the deadliest aviation disaster at the time. Now again, the plane went down only 18 miles north-northwest off the coast of Benton Harbor, Michigan. If anyone knows about aviation disasters, that is fairly close to shore. And it strikes someone as quite odd that the plane would go down without any witnesses seeing what had taken place. Now if you don't believe me yet... Let's go back at least 20 years. The sighting takes place 28th of April, 1937. Captain Donner was in charge of a freighter and had spent the well part of that day guiding his ships through the icy waters of Lake Superior, down through Sault Ste. Marie, and then he finally reached Lake Michigan. When he told his crewmates that he was going to sleep because this man was tired from guiding his ship through the icy waters. So he also told them that when we reached Port Washington, wake me up and inform me so I can guide the ship in the port. While they were nearing the port, when uh, his crewmate went down and started banging on the door because the door was locked from the inside. Eventually, they had to bust the door down in order to wake their captain up. But what was odd is the captain was nowhere to be found. He was just, he just vanished, simply disappeared, was gone without a trace. Now, they have no idea what had happened to Captain Donner nor the 55 missing, crew, missing uh, passengers and the three missing crew members. Now, some claim it to be UFO or paranormal encounters, but one thing's for sure. It doesn't have to be a large body of water to have strange happenings be reported here. Now, honestly, I think that's a pretty interesting story, Patrick, but I'm going to have to bring this one back to the land, starting with the Bridgewater Triangle. Now, for years, ghost hunters and paranormal experts alike have flocked to the Bridgewater Triangle, which is known to be a 200-square-mile area in eastern Massachusetts that many believe to be the breeding ground for the unexplainable. From Bigfoot and UFO sightings to ghosts and strange voices. Now, at the center of the triangle is the Hokomok Swamp, the largest swamp band uh, swampland in New England, and one that is rich in animal and plant and geological diversity. Now, colonial settlers called it Devil's Swamp. Some of the strange sightings reported here include various flying creatures and ghosts.
Now, according to the book Weird New England, Bigfoot sightings have also occurred in the swamp. The book contends that the creatures are generally calm, but that at one point in the 1970s, one went haywire, killing pigs and sheep belonging to local farmers. Police with attack dogs searched the swamp for two days and found no sign of the Bigfoot creature. <clears throat> now, nearby on Capacot um, <clears throat> Road, travelers have reported a truck driver following them too closely and honking his horn, making wild motions with his arms, and, that, and then the truck just disappears. Now, another story that involves the road is a stretch along Route 44 in Seekonk where the red-headed hitchhiker has become a phenomenon. Motorists have reported seeing a man with long red hair and a full beard walking along the roadside, but when they stop to pick him up, the man disappears. Others have allegedly reported driving through the spirit, even have picked him up before he his disappearance. Okay, Nico, the Bridgewater Triangle, that was really surprising. I was not expecting that. Actually, as a matter of fact, going back to our intro, I thought three out of the four of these stories was going to be about water and having to deal with bodies of water, not expecting you to pull a land triangle out of nowhere. But I have a land triangle of my own, and I think mine can top yours. All right, so the Bennington Triangle is an area of Vermont um, that is a hot spot for paranormal phenomena, UFO sightings, Bigfoot, anomalous sounds, shadow people, various lights, thunderbirds, specters, and even wild men seen lurking in the dark woods. But what I want to focus on is the disappearance of five people ranging from 1945 to 1951. Now, people have been disappearing in this triangle since colonial times. But these five documented cases really stand out. So let's go to Middle Rivers. He was a 73-year-old hunter uh, who was hunting with his friends near Glastonbury Mountain when the group decided to head back to camp, which was along um, a river. Now, Middle Rivers remained ahead of his group. When his group caught up to him, they didn't find anything but a single rifle shell that was in, his, that was in the river itself. Now, police um, determined that he must have been somehow leaning over the river and the shell dropped out of his gun. But he just vanished, disappeared without a trace. The next vanishing happened in December of 1946 when Paula Weldon, an 18-year-old working at a diner, um, decided that she was going to head back to her dormitory um, and go for a walk. Well, she asked her dorm mates if they wanted to go for a walk with her because she needed to clear her head. None of them said they wanted to. So she goes out and she starts walking and she comes upon this trailhead. Now, it's a regularly hiked trailhead and she was walking down it alone when she disappeared. Now, what strikes us as odd is that an elderly couple was walking about 100 yards behind her when they saw her turn right down the trail. And by the time they caught up to where she was, there was no trace of her. She was just gone. Now, she had a whole life to live. She was a sophomore in college. She didn't even have a chance to start a family. She was only 18. So young. But such an odd disappearance. Now, the third case, to me, is the weirdest case 
out of all these stories shared here today. This is the case of James E. Tetford, who in 1949 was on a bus headed home when between one stop and the next, he simply vanished. Yes, that's right. He vanished on a bus full of people. Now, what was odd, too, is that eyewitnesses say this man was sleeping on the bus when, on, when they got on. And then they stopped at the next and he was gone. Now, the bus was in motion the entire time. There's no way that he could have gotten off of it. He just disappeared. It wasn't these people's false imagination because there was too many eyewitnesses to have it as a hallucination. Now, the fourth to vanish was eight-year-old Paul Jepson, who in October of 1950 was out playing by the woods when his mom had to go leave him alone to tend to the pigs on their family farm. When his mother came back, he was gone. Not a trace of him was to be found. Nothing. A police report was filed. They searched for about a good two weeks. Again, nothing was found. But what was odd, too, is that Paul Jepson has told, had a very um, curious mind. And a week before that, had wanted to go up the mountain, as he quoted telling his mother. Which, again, for an eight-year-old boy to go up a mountain alone, weird. So the fifth and final vanishing was that of Frida Langer and her cousin Herbert Elsner were out camping with their friends because this has never been a single reported incident. Many of these had happened with crowded people, except for the Paul Weldon incident. So they were out camping, and this was in broad daylight too. Uh, Frida ended up falling into a stream, and she got her clothes all wet, and she luckily had a spare uh, change of clothes on her. So she needed to change. So she sent her cousin Herbert back to the camp so she could change. Well, Herbert obliged, thinking nothing of it, because, again, it was daylight. She knew her way back to the camp. So he might as well just go on alone. Well, he got back to the camp and he waited and he waited. An hour passed and she hadn't returned. So he started panicking, freaking out. He told uh, the other people at the camp what had been going on, uh, that she hadn't been back yet for over an hour. So then the police got involved and the park rangers. And they went to the spot where she had fallen in the stream, but there was no trace of her. No clothes. Nothing. She had just vanished as well. So many people believed that this was the uh, case of a Bennington Triangle serial killer that happened between these five years. But this was disproven by a, a writer by the name of Brent Swanser, who writes for MysteriousUniverse.org, that none of these disappearances uh, fit the profile of a serial killer. All of them vary in age, weight, height. Um, an eight-year-old boy, for instance, disappeared, and then a 73-year-old man disappeared. Those two would not be the profile fit for a serial killer. The only thing that fits this is that they all disappeared around the same time of year, starting in mid-October and the latest being in late December. Also, just a little side note, the reason we did not include the Bermuda Triangle within this podcast, um, as mentioned, is because it's too well-known too information packed for uh, this podcast at this time, and it deserves a podcast all on its own. So in a future podcast, we will cover it. And make sure to go to our Twitter at Unexplainable, and then a capital I, and then one, and make sure to vote on our poll which story you thought was more interesting. Thank you, and this has been Unexplainable Inc.